Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, a.k.a. MFKS Radio on the airwaves dial at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who are reunited for the second time in like <laughs> 10 days. <laughs> the Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. I forgot about 487.52. <laughs> It is stupid. It's really... Speaking of, did you know um, Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb, who's now back with the Green Bay Packers, and David Bakhtiari, who's one of their uh, offensive linemen, have all been, like, petitioning management to bring Clay Matthews back like, out of semi-retirement or whatever, which oh, I think is... I would be very happy it's just for a season. your image on my <laughs> contacts. <laughs> I don't know if your phone... I just got a new phone. I don't know if your phone does that at the top. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have my nine. I have it set with nine. You have, how do you do? I'm still learning how to yeah. work this fucking thing. I can't figure out how to make my battery say the like number percentage. Oh, I'll, I'll show you later. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I have it nine and top left most important. Oh no. Nice. <laughs> yes, pizza face. Yes, pizza face. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I was very excited about that when I was reading that this morning because I was on Twitter. And Clay Matthews was trending on Twitter in Canada, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Can you imagine if he, like, signed with the Elks or something like that? That would if, be nuts. No, if he signed with the Elks, my heart would be broken. That's true. I would be very upset, and I would not be able to deal with that. Mm. Well, I mean, like, it's the same colors. I know. That's, that's the only reason that it would be good. But yeah, so I was like, why is Clay Matthews... She's like, did he die? Did he murder someone? Is he a terrible person? And it's like, no, Aaron Rodgers just wants him to come play football again. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. Okay, here. <laughs> love it, love it. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, it's been a minute. When I started my computer today for the first time since the last time we recorded, uh, and I opened up Audacity, I had to like, do you want to discard this project from July 18th? Oh, yikes. Yeah, we're kind of a monthly situation. Yeah, that's okay. Situation that's all right. It's all good. Um, we have some things we want to talk about. I put on Twitter, I got one question um, from Librarian Mike, which we will deal with later. Remind me that there's a question. It's nothing. I also have one from Malcolm that I'll have to find. But okay, perfect. Yes. Um, but what, what I said on Twitter is like, we're going to talk for 90 minutes about British crime dramas, and then we'll answer your questions. So we should just do that, I think. <laughs> Because over the last while, couple weeks, I started a little bit before you. I watched Shetland, and I watched Hinterland. I watched Retribution. Yes, was one, and then there's a couple other like single season ones. There's a couple that are based on like stories by Harlan Coben, who I really like his books. I don't like the shows though. The one I think the five I quite like that one. The Stranger not as much. Stranger wasn't, but I liked the five because there was that was a good little tight mystery. Um, but yeah, Shetland like grabbed me Mm -hmm. and then Hinterland was fine, but it was better in certain ways and definitely not better in other ways. I figured out three reasons why Hinterland isn't as good as Shetland. Okay, let's hear it. Okay. Context first. Shetland takes place in Shetland Islands. Everyone's very Scottish. Hinterland takes place in Wales. Everyone's very Welsh. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the weakness with Hinterland is that because they record everything in English and then also Welsh, there's only a few actors that also speak Welsh. So in terms of, like, the caliber of talent, they're working from a smaller pool. I think that's probably fair. And uh, the guy that plays the lead in Hinterland, whatever his name is, 
he... Richard Harrington. Yes. He is not a native Welsh speaker. He's fluent, but he's not a native Welsh speaker. He grew up in Wales, um, but he learned it in school. Oh, gotcha. So, like, essentially, like, an immersion. Yeah. Or whatever. No, I don't think that means... That's, like, it doesn't mean that he's, like, not good at it. No. But it is different, because his accent is quite different. Yeah. When you're listening to him versus, like, what's the other guy's name? You know. His, where he at least can, like, oh, you're Welsh. Oh. You're 100% Welsh. Like their boss? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Secondly, as investigators, they never ask the next question that they should ask the people they're investigating. They'll be like, oh, yeah, if you want to fucking know who did it, ask the gardener. And they just stare at them. Scene ends. I'm like... Ask why? What are you doing? They never go the next step. And I'm just like, this is an interesting television when it's like all those like weird, vague things going on. And then also, uh, thirdly, they don't give you enough of the backstory. I was like, what is going on with the, what's her name? It starts with an M, the female investigator. Married? Married. And her daughter. I don't know what's going on between them. Yeah, there's not a lot. And even, like, you texted me. You're like, well, what's going on with yeah. with Matthias? I'm like, well, you'll find out, I guess. Like, it's coming. But the it's coming is him just being like, oh, my daughter drowned. End of scene! Mm-hmm. I'm like... Oh, have you have you met his ex-wife yet? Yes. Okay. She And he also just, like, let them go to Canada without a fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was just like, there's not enough. If you're gonna do that character shit... There's not enough of it happening. Yeah. Whereas in Shetland, you understand clearly, okay, he's obviously afraid of his daughter growing up because it's the one connection he has to his wife who's passed away. He has constant conflict with Duncan, a.k.a. his own husband. Yes. He's like... (laughs) Oh, they're very married. (laughs) They're very married. I for sure thought Duncan was the murderer of the girl. Yes, me too. Oh my God. I had the very same thought. I was so scared. Yeah. It's like, this is going to be fucking heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he's got all these different relationships because it makes sense he's, like, from there, in a way. But on Hinterland, this, like, outsider thing could be interesting, but they just don't develop it enough. Well, and I think it would be more interesting in Hinterland if he, was, if he wasn't Welsh. Mm-hmm. Like, if he was a legit outsider and he yeah. was Scottish or English and didn't have some of those connections because then I feel like the standoffishness from the boss makes a little bit more sense yes. at the beginning. I don't know. Have you finished Interland? No. Okay. Not yet. So in season three, as it is on Netflix, which I don't know if it, those are the same season, like no. splits as they are in the BBC. So we're talking about, well, when we talk about seasons, it'll be like the Netflix seasons. Um, but like with the boss, you said, like, there's something weird. Like, why is he yeah. so... Why does he not want him to solve these cases? And then I, when I got into season three... Yeah. I was I'm like, halfway through season three, so yeah. I know some... Yeah, there's some... And you know there's some shady shit. And then it kind of all makes sense. Yeah. But there was no indication of that at all. For two seasons. Which, like, I feel like if Matthias had been an actual outsider instead yeah. of another Welshman, I feel like you could have... Maybe explain it away a little bit better. Just so he is an outsider in that community He's and like distressful. Yes, and like his big city methods. Yeah, blah, or blah, blah, whatever. Blah. But this was yeah. There was something odd about it until you get into three, and they're like, "Oh, I understand now." You're trying to cover up bad police work. Yeah, good <laughs> job. Good job. Got it. 
and the uh, it's very different because like Shetland, how it's shot and like how the characters talk about the landscape is like they love it. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. They're like it's isolated, but it's not bleak. Whereas Hinterland, <laughs> it's, it's bleak, bleak, and they feel very isolated, and it's almost like desolate. Mm-hmm. But then they still like won't let go mm-hmm. of it. Like half of the episodes are like, well, old fucking fuck up on the mountain. He's been slowly selling off the land for the last 50 years. If you want to get to the bottom of it, talk to his neighbor who's been encroaching on it. Like, that's like mm-hmm. half of the conflicts on the show. But I will say, I think it's funny you say that about the landscape. I think that the cinematography in Hinterland is better. I agree. And I think that they really take advantage of that landscape and like really, because it's always windy or rainy Always, yeah. Always, right? There's no... Whereas, I like, in Shetland, we had a conversation about, like, the books and whatever, but, like, yeah, the landscape in Hinterland, and, I mean, obviously, it's called Hinterland for a reason. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it just, it fits, and they do a really nice job of almost make, turning that landscape into another character. Yeah. Whereas Shetland doesn't need to. So I think sometimes that it's almost like in a way it's like even over the first couple episodes of Shetland with like that first murder case or whatever, yeah. it was so beautiful. It is, and right? it's just like a beautiful backdrop. Yeah. Whereas oh. Hinterland is like this is part of the story is this yeah. this place that we are, which I kind of like. It's not just that this person was found, but they were found in this marsh, in this like established area. There's these conflicts on the land that she was found in, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely plays a big part in it. But it's just like, I just love the Shetland main character so much. He's just mm-hmm. so good. He is, he is. And like, as you get to know him better, you like him better. Yes. Because at the beginning, you kind of, like, there's some weird things going on with him at the beginning. And it, and then you learn the stuff about his daughter. And, mm-hmm. and it's not his daughter, it's his stepdaughter. And like, it's a complicated family dynamic yeah but he's also extremely good at his job Mm -hmm. whereas fucking matthias on hinterland he's a loose cannon in the worst way Mm -hmm. like he just fucking walks into people's homes there is no discussion Mm -hmm. of like the case afterwards like the all of the chain of evidence that has to be done like he's just like bursting in he reminds me of um stupid pendergrast about like how none of his course cases ever go to court because he fucking kills all the people yes yeah. <laughs> like yeah, 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 Matthias, yeah. there's two back-to-back yeah cases that go real bad for him mm-hmm. and, and it's all his own fault it's all his own fault because he's also bad at his job and it's hard to be sympathetic with that even if, like, in season three, some crimes happen against him. I'm like, well, stop being bad at your job. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't feel sympathetic for you. No, and, and the other thing, too, is because he's so standoffish with everybody. Yeah. Uh, you can't. It's hard to, to want to empathize with him. Yeah. Because you know he's got this secret. You know there's something that brought him there. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't say anything. He doesn't say anything, right? And marriage, she tries... 
But she's also so standoffish. Yeah, but she, and, but she kind of recognizes it more than he does anyway that like they need to work together yeah. and they have, they're a, they're a team and they're they're partners and so they have to like figure this out. Yeah. And he's just like the wall that he has up unnecessary in front of him is yeah. like I don't even like it's huge. Like it's a city wall basically and where she's like got her own stuff but she's able to put it aside mm-hmm. to like work the cases where he just can't. And I find that like very frustrating yeah. about him as a character and then because of that they don't spend the time like fleshing out yes the other characters except that you know that the boss is evil totally you know he's a bad guy like right off the hop and even so they say like oh Matthias you're too emotionally close to this and he's like no I'm not and then he just goes and continues to investigate and you're like oh well aren't you <laughs> conflict averted I guess <laughs> Um, but one of the things that I think is really interesting, and both of the shows do this really well, especially in the beginning, is the cases that they have don't run forever. Yeah. Right, so Shetland is so, so, so good, because in the Netflix seasons, I'm pretty sure the BBC airing, the first season was just two episodes. It was just that first case. Yeah. And I like that, because it, it takes some good writing to tell that kind of story and close it all up without giving the secrets away to the audience. Yes. And I like that those cases starting off in Shetland like I think it's on all the ways it is on Netflix the first season is like three cases yes. and they're two episodes a piece and it's nice because it's like nice and short so you can com- you can commit to watching two and then you don't have to binge the whole thing because yeah. there's not really a big arc in that first bit they try and like they extend it a bit later on but those first ones if you just want to get into it it's nice because it's like oh I can watch two episodes oh yeah. I'll watch two more and if you forget what happened in the first two it's okay yeah because they're it, not continuous yeah it doesn't really matter but like the character stuff might be, but it's well written so that you might not need to have like an encyclopedic understanding of those characters. Yeah, yeah, and I really like I like that part of it for sure. I think British TV is so much better in so many ways. Yeah, but the hinterland ones—they're fucking ninety minutes yeah, long. They're so long. Oh man. Yeah, they're very long. It works really well in season three. That's because they've got. Like, sometimes it's not just one case, it's yeah. the one case they're investigating, it's the investigation against Matthias, Yeah, it's the investigation of the crime against Matthias, yeah. and then it's the evil boss doing his machinations, mm-hmm. talking to people who I literally have no idea who they are. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that, like, I know that one of them is, like, the coroner, mm-hmm. but there's another guy he goes to in the country. Yeah. To talk to. I have no idea who that guy is. I don't know either. That's bad! It is bad. But it also it clearly isn't relevant, because it doesn't matter. Because, you yeah. you know, it doesn't hinder the story. But I don't mind the longer episodes in Hinterland, in that this last season, just because there's a, lot. there's a lot of stuff there. And it's kind of nice. You could, and they kind of, there's a kind of a natural break in each one anyway, where you could stop and, like, pick it up later and not yeah. feel like you've missed out. Um, but... It's interesting that there's all... Like, I mean, obviously you've watched Broadchurch. Yes. But it's interesting that there's so many British crime dramas, and, like, they're so different from American crime shows, but they're all the same. Mm -hmm. Like, they're all identical in the way that they're sort of framed, and I think that's a really interesting thing. Yeah, and I think we were talking about before how British crime dramas, they just... They find a lead actor who's the best actor, and not just, like, American ones where it's like, you are the most gorgeous person. We need gorgeous people on screen, otherwise, you know, audiences aren't going to be interested. Mm -hmm. 
They couldn't give two shits about that. Nope. It's about quality programming. It's true. And that's what I think that's pretty common, though, in, like, lots of British stuff, right? Like, yeah. one of the things I think a lot, actually, about, um, when I think about casting, I think a lot about love, actually. Mm-hmm. If you look at that cast, like, sure, you've got your big names, but, like, some of the smaller names that are in those, like, main stories, just, like, who is, A, who is that person? And B, if this was an American movie, they never would have been cast. Like, it's just a very, it, it's very clear. And that happens a lot, and I like that, because it does reward talent. And I think it makes for better storytelling, because you have better actors. Yeah. And so the writing can be a little bit stronger, the stories can sort of work themselves out a little bit better, because you have the, the people that can handle the work. Whereas, like, I don't know. It's tough sometimes. The Expendables. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? I will say this about the Expendables. Here's oh, the only good. Oh, did I start? No, no. Here's the only good thing I can. I didn't mind it. It was for what it was. It's fine. I've never seen it. I feel like if they had taken out the love story, which I, there was like um, between betwixt Jason Statham and uh, Cordelia from Buffy. I can't remember her name. Her real oh, name. Okay. If they had just taken that out... What's her name? Carpenter? Carpenter? Yes, 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 yes. If they had taken that out entirely and not have had a love interest for anyone, the movie would have been ten times better. I thought... I literally thought you were going to say that there was a love interest between Jason Statham and fucking Sylvester Stallone. And I was like, how have I not seen this movie? I'm sure we would have talked about it by now if that was the case. (laughs) But no, I just... I remember that. And I was like, why do we need a love story in this movie? We don't need one. It's like yeah, so dumb. So, so dumb. dumb. Didn't need it. Not useful. And it it took away, which it's a bad movie, but it took away from, like, the entertaining stuff about it because there was this, like, weird column. I'm just like, ugh, fine. Yeah. But yeah, it was, um, I'm enjoying these British crime shows. And I asked for the Twitter racks one day and people were just like, oh, you need to watch this. It's on Prime. You need to watch this. You need to watch this. Like, I don't know what streaming service it's on, but you gotta find it because it's so good. And it was just like, all of these which is really cool that people have some very strong feelings about British crime drama. Totally. Which is really nice. Like Bodyguard, so good with Richard Bannon. I've, I've only seen watched that thing twice. I've only watched two episodes, and then no, 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 I stopped. Oh. I'll get back to it. It's so good. I've seen it twice, and each time I'm just like, oh yeah, like you really, you've really got to pay attention in that one because nobody can be trusted. Yeah, that was the sense that I got. Yeah, it's. Wicked good. Yeah. It's gorgeously shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was, um... And then I watched this Retribution one. Did have you taken a look at it? Not yet. It's so still it's, on Hinge one. Yeah, so it's like a four... I won't... I don't want to spoil it because you haven't watched it yet, but it's a four-episode series, so it's a nice limited one, which is really yeah. nice. And it's... I can't even remember where it's set, but it's like two farm families that have properties next door to each other, and the son in the one family marries the daughter in the other family. Mm-hmm. And it, within the first three minutes of the first episode they're dead they've been murdered and so the whole rest of it is like uncovering what happened both of them both of them yes and so then of course there's suspicions on both sides because you know family stuff and is it maybe business related and like who knows there's all of this stuff and then as the series goes you learn things about the families and like the secrets that have been uncovered and whatnot and it just like it's it was incredible I watched it all in one shot. Oh, shit. Yeah, I liked it. Are they hour long? Roughly, yeah. 60, 65 minutes, somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah, they were very, very good. Very well done. But it was also, it was a nice, tight storyline with a relatively small cast, so they didn't need to spend a lot of time with backstory because it was a really tiny cast. Whereas these ones, like, 
you bring in more people and you know yeah because you need context for the mystery so mm-hmm. oh that's the other thing that makes me mad about hinterland they reuse names there are two different girls in that show named Fionn mm-hmm. and like every third male character is the last name Reese to be fair it's common. I think the Reese is one of the most common surnames in Wales, but yes, I did That's notice fine. that as well. It's fiction. Yeah. Make up new names. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was like, is this the same? No, she was like three the last time mm-hmm. we saw her, and this is like the next morning, according mm-hmm. to the timeline of this show. Yeah. She yeah, can't the be naming, 17 now. The naming thing is a little bit weird. It's true. Oh my god. It's true. But like, the thing that I find that's good about both Shetland and Hinterland is it like I think it does a pretty good job of sort of dealing with that like isolation yeah of these isolated communities and what that does to a community and to the people inside them and mm-hmm. and that kind of thing whereas like American crime shows they don't do that it's just even if it's like small town stuff or whatever it's you know come in guns blazing and do the thing whereas here it's a lot more um it's a lot slower paced yeah and I feel like it represents better like what actually happens in investigations and sometimes you don't always solve things to your satisfaction you don't always get to put the criminal behind bars and whatever yeah. where, and I think that and both after of you the fuck shows, up there's an inquiry yeah and you have to responsibly take care of that yeah whereas I think yeah when you watch American stuff it's just like case closed yeah <laughs> like from Hot Fuzz yeah and never include the paperwork <laughs> It's true. And there's a lot of paperwork in both of these shows. And, like, lots of... And and they show, like, the support teams around the investigators as well, right? So you see the people that are doing the research. And you see the people that are, like, actually combing through records. And this is what they found. Yeah. Yeah. And so then the detectives have the ability to go and do their detecting. Whereas, like, you have people back at the station doing all of that other stuff. Yeah. And it feels a lot less... Every time they, like, come into the scenes, it always feels to me a lot less contrived. Mm Mm-hmm. In these than it does normally when you watch on, like, American stuff. Just because it's like, yeah, this is the work that we had to do. This is what you told me to do, so I did my job. Yeah. And it's not, like, convenient. No. They're like, okay, I want you to go through this and this and this. And they'll come back and be like, okay, nothing here, nothing here, but. Yeah. <laughs> Found a little negative information. One little thing. Yeah. And just they're like, hours later, they're just, like, carrying all these papers. And you're like, okay, I fucking believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I might have found something, but it turns out I was wrong. And there's a lot of that, too, which is kind of nice. Um, but it's been... I don't know. They're good. They're entertaining. Mm-hmm. And they're, like... They're fun to watch. They try and piece together and figure out before the show tells yeah, them. Yeah. And on Shetland, it's so hard to do that. Mm-hmm. In Hinterland, I've gotten it, like, almost every mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Almost every time. Which is frustrating, too, because the episodes are so long. And I'm like, okay, well, clearly you could have cut out three scenes of Matthias just staring at something in the crime scene for 10 seconds silently mm-hmm. like, gosh. what's his process you know he just stares at it yeah but yeah no shetland is good uh in that way because you're right it's hard it's hard to guess it's hard mm-hmm. like even that very first case i was like okay i had no idea and the real one i was like oh all right then sure so hard to talk about it and not spoil them i know oh my god but like we think you should watch them because they're very fun yeah. Very entertaining. Very good to watch. And, like, I don't know. It's nice for something different, too. Yes. Once in a while. Instead of, like, the same old, same old. Totally. Yeah. And it's... It, it's fun in the sense of it's 
there's no stakes to me. <laughs> no. <laughs> to the characters, it's huge. But it's not something that you... There's no, you know, overarching lore or something where you have to right. super pay attention. I find that I have to watch Hinterland with subtitles because the Welsh is crazy sometimes. Mm -hmm. But also... The subtitles just say unintelligible. <laughs> so it's not always handy, but you know. That's fine. I know. Well, and it, it is unintelligible sometimes, mm -hmm. which I don't mind, actually. Sometimes, like, it's fine. And I feel like, in that respect, too, it feels they all both feel a lot more realistic because mm -hmm. you have people having normal conversations and they talk over each other. Yeah. And, you know, the boss, like, actually sometimes is able to put a person in their place and be like, no, I'm the boss and this is how we're going to do things. Yeah. And that doesn't happen the same way in other stuff. And so that part is really nice because you, it feels like a workplace where actual people work. Mm -hmm. And the characters to me always all feel like actual humans instead yeah. of weird TV tropes. Like, um, what's the female investigator in Shetland? Oh my god. What is her name? It's driving me crazy. It's Allison... Tosh? Tosh! Yes, Macintosh, right? Yeah. Like, something happens to her in one of the seasons, and the fallout of that is probably, like, the most realistic depiction of that trauma that I've ever seen mm -hmm. on television. And, like... It's affecting her job. You see it affect her interpersonal relationship. And, like, everybody just wants so much to help her. And she's just like, I can't be helped right now. Mm -hmm. And I thought that, that the whole storyline with her was so heartbreaking. But really nice how they didn't just, like, oh, no big. She's mm -hmm. over it. Next episode. Doesn't matter anymore. Let's go back to the crime. Like, it has a nice sense of lingering conflict mm -hmm. that I think Hinterland wants to do but they're just not as successful. But doesn't do as well. No. Um, yeah, that's true and I think they did a pretty good job in Shetland sort of dealing with mm -hmm. all of that. And also dealing with the people around her who wanted to help her and couldn't and sort of like the helplessness that they all felt. Yes. And the understanding that like the easiest way maybe to help is to like figure it out yeah that that's our that's the only thing we can do right now rather than trying to mm -hmm. make her feel better because she wasn't ready for that no and i was really impressed with how respectful their conversations were with her like i'm i'm here i'm listening to you i'm sorry this happened like what can i do like you know that you can take time off, but clearly you don't want to because you don't want to just be in your head all the time. Like, mm -hmm. they, they approached it so wonderfully. I was like, shit. They should, like, use this episode in, <laughs> like, in services for... Yeah, absolutely. No, Police I'm... and businesses. Yeah, there was... There, absolutely, because there, there's some things that could be learned about how to deal with people in, in after-traumatic situations and those sorts of things. Um... The casting on Shetland, too, is really good. And, like, the guest stars that oh. they have, it's... Like, we joke sometimes about how there's, like, seven people who in England who... No, no. There's a lot of people in the British Isles who are actors. And some of them just show up and you're like... How did they get 
okay. Then. <laughs> All right. It's awesome, though. It is. It, well, and, like, when Ian Murray showed up, <laughs> you were very excited about that. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, it was, like, Archie Punjabi. So good. And she's up. so good in the few episodes she's in. And it's so heartbreaking that, like, they ended that a lot faster than mm-hmm. I think was deserving. But... Yeah, like James Cosmo's in it, Kieran Hines is in it. Mm-hmm. Like all the and they're just guest stars and I'm like holy shit. So what we have on Netflix is only the end of season four. Um What else is There's another season. A after. whole other season? Yeah, they and then they're I think they're filming a sixth one. Oh thank god. Right now. So we only have up to the end of four. The last episode, the very end of that episode was so sad. Is that when his daughter... With Tommy? Tommy? What happened? Or Thomas, rather, when he, like, he's been freed. Oh, yes! Right? That was heartbreaking. With Duncan from... Yeah. Or not Duncan. Is his name Duncan? Duncan Angus? Angus. Angus. Angus from Outlander. Yes. Yeah. That was, like, his work is done. Like Yes. His time on Earth has yeah. been completed. So sad. That was really, really heartbreaking, that whole series. Yeah. Yeah, so there is a, a fifth one with six more episodes that we don't have yet here. And then they're filming another one. I wonder if we could, like, find it on iTunes or something. Maybe. I'll have to take a look. Um... Yeah, it's, uh, but yeah, that, I liked that whole fourth season. I thought it was really well done. I thought that, like, longer character arc was really good. Mm-hmm. I thought there was lots of really cool things that they did, but, and I thought it ended really well. Because it was, again, it shows that, like, as much as you do the work, it doesn't always work out the way you want it to. Mm-hmm. And here's a case of that. And it was very sad. It was. And I think the characters on Shetland like are given the space to try to communicate and cope with all these things that go wrong Mm -hmm. whereas in Hinterland they're clearly suffering with things but it's never discussed it's just like a lot of solo shots of people being sad yeah (laughs) and so with Hinterland like I don't think there's any more right like that's yeah it was just in three seasons which is too bad did it feel like it came like to a close for you Yes, more. Since I'm not done it yet. Yeah, I it did because you learn you learn about the boss about Prosser and sort of yeah. where all of this is going, and so it answers some of the questions brought up in like the first series about how the Devil's Bridge. Yes, and and how, why he's the way that he is right. with Matthias, and you kind of learn those things. Um, I think it did a good job. But of then that. my question is, who is the fucking show about then? Right. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Um, yeah, it was... And it's interesting, too, because in the third one, because there's eight episodes in the third one. There's eight? Yeah. There's two... Like, there's there's four cases. And then, then there's, like, the story arc that Shit, works. Shit, I got so much left to yeah. do. And so I think when you get into... I think it's when it's into, like, five and six um, is where you kind of really start... All of the threads kind of start to come oh together. And then seven and eight, it's like, you know you know that, that things are going to unravel, mm-hmm. right? And, okay, this is going to be really good. Um, but the... 
uh, one of the characters in the show, his name is Robert Owen, and every time I hear Robert Owen, I think of utopian socialism, because, like, that's a thing that we teach at school, and I'm just like, there's no utopia in this land, <laughs> like, nothing whatsoever. But it's good, because the the cases that happened in season three are, like, related to what's going on, but, like, kind of tangentially, and then mm-hmm. they start to, like, do the detective work and put it all together, and then you're like, here's the, the whole picture. Yeah. And it reminds me a lot of V for Vendetta. Oh. When you put together all the stuff. It's not quite as dramatic and whatever, but it's that kind of thing where, like, the people who are supposed to be in positions of authority to protect other people and keep other people safe are very clearly the ones who have, like, abdicated their responsibility and now, mm-hmm. you know, are sort of left hung out to dry. And they're, like, essentially protecting themselves yes instead of the public yeah and so yeah that was one of the that was one of the thoughts that i had about the way that that kind of all worked its way together good to know i can't believe i still have five fucking 90 minute episodes (laughs) that's really disheartening (laughs) yeah it's um it's good you should all watch the british dramas on the netflix they're good also icelandic Mm -hmm. fucking police procedurals so good. The Valhalla Murders is one that I watched, which is similar to Hinterland Devil's Bridge Saga. It's about, like, a, a home for children that some shady shit happens in and people start dying. But I also watched, I don't know if I talked to you about Katya. I think you've mentioned it, but we haven't really talked about it. Oh, that's a weird-ass show. Peeps. <laughs> Peeps. It's a weird one where even at the end I was like, huh? Huh? Really, guys? But very good. There's another one that keeps popping up on Netflix, a new one. Maybe? I don't know. And it's like, you should watch this because you watched all these other things. You will like this. I'm like, yeah, probably I'll get around to it. Um, Yeah, no, it's been a good summer for watching TV because it's been very hot. Oh, God. Do you see how fucking tan I am? Mm-hmm. From walking my stupid ass dog two times a day when we haven't had a goddamn cloud in the sky for six weeks. No, we don't have clouds. We just have smoke. It's good. <sighs> Super fun. Yeah, but it's been it, there's yeah it's been hot and so it's like well what am I gonna do? I'm not gonna go outside also in the forest fire smoke. So I'm just gonna stay no. inside and watch some TV. It's like just as bad as quarantining because it's like self imposed now. Yeah, it's true. It is. Like I don't know how bad it was here, but in Calgary we had probably six or seven days in a row where it was like legit dangerous to go outside and breathe the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, and today, I think yesterday was gorgeous because mm-hmm. you were here in town yesterday too. I was over at mom and dad's. I like sat in the backyard, got a sunburn because it was like, which is fine. It's the thing that happens. There's like not a fucking cloud in the sky. No, but there was a bit of a breeze. So like it's it didn't feel so hot. It was a gorgeous, gorgeous day. And then I woke up this morning and I was, I looked because my bed's under the window and I looked out the window and I was like, oh, those aren't clouds. That's just smoke. Cool. That orange tinge. Can you tell? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's, uh, it's bad news. I mean, we don't have fires here, so I can't, I'm not gonna complain too much. Mm-hmm. We just have the smoke. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a garbage summer. It in has a lot been. of those respects. Also, like, way too hot at times. Oh, yeah. And then not cold ever. No. Just no, but also, like, you guys have had a lot more moisture than we have. It's just been oppressive yeah. in Calgary. You know what I was surprised driving around Edmonton today? was shocked to see bumper sticker that said, media is the virus. Huh? It's like, <laughs> really? Edmonton? 
like this shit's all over Calgary. But I was like, whoa, it's even here, hey? Yep. It's a good time. It's fun to live in Alberta. It's good. I'm really yikes, loving it. Yikes, yikes. It's uh, my favorite what are place your, to be. <laughs> this is a question my friend asked me the other day. What things do you want to get done before the inevitable fourth wave? <laughs> oh, you mean the one we're in right yeah. now? Um, well, I mean... Get a haircut? <laughs> uh, I have a haircut scheduled for not next week, but the week after, so, like, fingers crossed, man. <laughs> fingers, and I'm going to the dentist as well, so... Perfect. On the same day. Oh. Just, like, two birds, one stone. Get the stuff yeah, done. Yeah, out of the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about it. I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. Uh, maybe, like, find some more masks. Yeah, I'm also low on supply, Maybe, too. maybe find some, maybe find some more, um, that are comfortable to wear all day. Yeah. In the classroom. Because you will. Because we're going to be. Apparently the superintendent did say yesterday after, um, uh, Henshaw and the education minister, whose name does not deserve to be said, um, said whatever it is they had to say about schools. Which was, mm, I don't know, you guys decide. Basically, which is kind of nice, because I know in BC that they're saying, like, oh, you can't you can't do more than the public health orders. For like, what? Yeah, that's, anyway, so I'm not sure what's going to go on there, but here at least they're like, school boards can decide for themselves. And so apparently the superintendent said yesterday that, yes, we will be wearing masks in the classrooms. Which is fair. I think on school buses too. Yes, yeah. Which is fair. Um, yeah, what am I, yeah, what, what would you like to get done before the fourth wave? <laughs> oh, Nothing nothing this is like what i wanted to do yeah like, i've got like 36 hours away from baby and it's like whoa yeah as my sister so poetically put it you need time to be kelsey and not just max's mom she's right she's right and that was like a dagger through my heart though <laughs> do you know how many times on my way up i was like oh this is too hard i could just drive around and go home like i could just pull a yui just exit off the two just go right back, but I'm glad that I committed to it. I'm glad, too. It's hard, though. I can imagine. I know it's gotta be tough, because you've been with him, what, 24-7 since, right? Like, Pretty much, yeah. yeah for Not, three months straight. Yeah. That's tough. Got fucking eight hours of sleep, my dude, though. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, here's a perk that, uh, that I'm sure no one has really thought about. <laughs> yeah, and I had a cocktail at brunch. Oh boy, that hit really hard. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. But other than that, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty chill. Yeah. Um, I will say that your baby is also pretty chill. He's pretty cute. He's adorable. He's looking like a little like boy now. Yeah, I I have a thing where I if I think a baby is not cute, I won't say that because that's rude and it's not the baby's fault. But, like, if someone shows me a picture of their child, I'm like, oh, it's a baby. <laughs> and I would not say that about Kelsey's baby. Thank you. He's adorable. I also, like, lulled him to sleep last week when I was hanging out. And you were also like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> talking, like, so aggressively to him. And yeah. he was just like, okay. Yeah, he was, like, fussing or whatever. I'm like, what do you need? Nothing. Go to sleep. And he was like, fine. <laughs> Sorry. But no, I, uh, no, I, he's good. He's, he's fun. Because he's, like, just at that age where 
you know, they laugh sort of kind of a little bit on command and, like, those sorts of things, but, like, still don't know where their feet are. So there's, like, this, they're in this, like, weird phase. Super great. I can't wait till he finds his feet. Oh, I know. It's going to be so fun. Yeah. He's going to love it. He's just going to roll, rock back and forth <laughs> while he's holding on to his feet. That'll yeah. be great. Squirmy Wormy is going to get even worse. I'm just going to, you're just going to send videos and I'm not, gonna, I'm not sure if they're going to be, like, boomerangs or not of him just, like, rocking <laughs> back and forth. Is it the same shot over and over again? Is this 17 seconds of baby rocking? I don't know. No. It's going to be great. That's one of my favorite things that the iPhone has done, how with the live photos, you can Mm -hmm. instantly put them into, I think they call them bounce or whatever, but they're essentially boomerangs. That's saved me a lot of artistic trouble on my Instagram page. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, uh, he's a cute baby. Uh, those of you that follow us on the Twitter, you saw the picture of the pod baby from last week. Mm-hmm. They covered his face because it's not my baby face to share. There is some faces on the Instagram of him, baby okay. Bioka. That's true. But still, <laughs> it's not my face to share. And I was like, no, if, if Kelsey wants to share the baby's face, she can remember the Twitter password. Oh, God. <laughs> I absolutely do. And I was tempted that day to be like, you know, he's a baby. He's not going to be like. No one's stalking us, Megan. <laughs> like, I'm not afraid of anyone doxing us. No. Like, they should be afraid of us doxing them. But <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you, Mike. But the... <laughs> that was my exact thought. It was just like, oh, I've got a cute one that I could be like, here's the baby. And then I was like, I don't know a fucking clue what this password is. So I'm not even I don't even know if that. I know what the password is, to be perfectly honest. Uh, so there's that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just on my phone, and so I hope I don't ever have to update anything, because I'll be straight hooped. I know. I had to, like, retype in a whole bunch of passwords with my new phone, and I was just like, fuck. I, I literally have zero access to my DoorDash account anymore, <laughs> because the password is lost to time. <laughs> oh, boy. Just, which is good. I don't, I don't need more opportunities to get takeout. No, that's true. So, okay, so you've had a baby now for, like, three and a half months, almost. Yes. What's the best thing? Oh, just, oh, everything. Like, it sucks, but it's great. (laughs) Okay, so let's take away, no, like, what's the single best (laughs) thing? I don't like this everything bullshit, because I don't believe that. Oh, baby smiles and giggles, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Especially when they're, like, just waking up, and they're, like, so confused, and then they see you, and their face just lights up. That's so nice to be, like, unconditionally loved. Yes. It's It's just like, it's the best. That's good. What's the worst thing? Um, Maybe not the worst, because like, it doesn't sound like things are bad, but like, of all of the things that you would like, 10 out of 10 would not recommend, what's the thing you're like, ugh, I wish I didn't have to deal with this? I think it's just all like, the mental logistics and energy required in every day for someone's needs that are not your own. And those needs are always first, Mm -hmm. and yours are, like, second. Plus, having a dog that's so needy, like, in the morning when we wake up, it's always like, okay, baby's gotta be fed, baby's gotta be changed, and then dogs are gonna go outside, and then I have to pee, (laughs) and then, like, I need to eat, and it's always, like, an hour later than it should be. Right. So that's a challenge. I think it'll get easier as he gets older, Mm -hmm. but... That's something that's... It's hard to adapt to. Yeah, for sure. Especially because, like, for so long, you were looking after yourself. Yeah. And a dog, but, like, yourself. And the dog could wait a little bit. 
was it like because yes. babies' needs are very immediate. Yes. My favorite thing about babies when they're like really young is the way they make noise. Because, like, for us, generally speaking, as you grow up, you open your mouth to vocalize your sounds, unless you're like, hmm, or whatever. But that's, like, usually very intentional. Babies don't have that ability to, like, make that choice. So they'll be very, like, babbly and talky, but their mouth is not moving. It's not even open, and you're like, what is happening? It's a little weird. It's so weird. Also, just an empty palate with no teeth in it is so gross to look at (laughs) but my favorite thing with him right now is he can we were talking about this when you're at my house about like you're supposed to like mimic their sounds back at them but it's Mm -hmm. hard to do that without sounding sarcastic (laughs) but it's so cute now because not only can you mimic it back to them but then they'll repeat the sound that you made Mm -hmm. so he goes whoo a lot so if i just out of the blue went whoo to him he would do it back oh that's amazing which is so fucking cute and he's like so happy that he did it yeah he's like yeah it's a good thing he can't it's a good thing he can't talk it though yeah because i'd have to censor myself well yeah because there is (laughs) there's always that like danger right yeah of the things that they do learn how to parrot um, but no, it's, yeah, the sounds are really funny, because you sent me that video the other day when you had those pads, like, hiked up around his nipples, which was Baby Adam hilarious, yes. but one of the sounds that he made, his mouth was, like, like, sealed shut, and I was like, how? Yeah. Why? It's so funny, too, because each day, like, they're making new noises, and he's doing this, like, really high-pitched squealing, and the other day he did it so loud and so long that he, like, scared himself. <laughs> I was like, whoa, what the fuck was that? It's like, that's you, you dingus. Well, that's why it'll be good when he finds his feet, man. It's just yeah. like, what are these? Totally. So good. Very exciting. No, he's a cute baby. Um, And he has a... What, is that a pineapple floaty that I sent? It is. I'm very excited for him to not hate it. It's not that he hated it. He was just like, Very uncomfortable. Whoa. Yeah. But like, you <laughs> these guys are, are going a lot of sensations. You guys are going to Hawaii, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm waiting for the pictures. Well, we've... Booked a trip to Tentatively, Hawaii. yes. If it happens every and that's day in November, for right? it to be cancelled. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not optimistic <laughs> this trip will be happening. But if it does, I'm I'm hoping, really hoping for some like, you know, whatever place you're staying at in the pool, I would love to see. Yeah. Uh baby pineapple. Because mm-hmm. I was gonna buy can we talk for a second about sure. baby shit and how sure. expensive it is? Go hard, Megan. Okay. I don't have kids. I feel like everybody who listens to this podcast knows that I don't have kids. I have spent thousands of fucking dollars on kids in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at some point in time, I'm coming to collect. <laughs> I hope everybody is aware of this. I don't know when, and I don't it's know how. fucking threat. But I'm gonna fucking collect. <laughs> also, weddings, different story. Coming to collect on those as well. Yeah. The thing about baby shit that bothers me, and it's not, I don't have a problem buying stuff for friends babies or like cousins kids or whatever this so this is not where i'm going with this so please like anyone who have spent money on your children i don't resent it but my problem is how fucking expensive it is a board book like 15 dollars for a cardboard book with like 12 pages absolutely go fuck yourself and every page is like dog is it cow. cute is it fun that it's like pride and prejudice in a cardboard book sure or like sure. the jungle book absolutely does it need to be 15 dollars? probably not no the floaty 
Yes. This is... Here's what happened. Here's here's the preamble. Here's the preamble to all of this, because my brain was like, boom, I was going to do this thing, and I remember why I didn't. So Kelsey sent me a picture of this uh, wading pool, this, like, inflatable pool. It's a watermelon. That was, like... Was it Bed Bath & Beyond? Yes. Yeah. And then... I was like, oh, you should buy one, whatever, and then she yeah. didn't, and I looked at it, so it was like $23, I was like, whatever, here you yeah, go. Yeah, I was just like, I can't get it in the city, I'm not, like, yeah. ordering it online, like, I was just like, yeah, whatever. And so I just bought it, I was like, here you go, you can have it, and then I was like, well, clearly, uh, Baby Max can't go in a pool, unless, mm-hmm. I mean, he could, if you were in there with him and just, like, sat him on the bottom of the pool in, like, yeah. two inches of water. Yeah. Sure. But I was like, no, you want to, if you want to have an adult like a wading pool that's big enough for an adult, you want to have a little bit of water in it, so you're going to need something for this kid. And I was like, okay, maybe we can find, like, a whale floaty, one of those, like, fun things. Anyway, 70 fucking dollars for this inflatable whale. It was adorable. Mm -hmm. And it had, like, a fun little can. Like, it was great. And I was like, I'm not spending $70 on that. When I found this pineapple, which also has, like, a little canopy on it to shield the sun and whatever, and is supposed to be good for up to three-year-olds. Totally. And I feel like your baby's small enough it could be a (laughs) four-year-old. Like... (laughs) Sick burn, Max. Just, no, but, like, just, like, just kind of where he's at size-wise, you know? I feel like it could go that extra summer, right? Yeah, yeah Or, totally. you know, like, if you guys went away somewhere the winter sometime between and after he turned three, I'm sure you could probably still fit in it. Yeah. And it was, like, 30 bucks and free shipping. And I was like, oh, okay, fine, I'll buy this. But I was really angry at how expensive that whale was. Just on principle. Just on principle. Because the, clearly you can find something else that's just as good, also kind of neat, and is half the price. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference between the $70 thing and the $30 thing? Nothing. Was it sold by the same company? I don't believe so. Oh. But what I liked about the pineapple is because the pool was a watermelon, I was like, boom, fruit cocktail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, my, that was my thought. And I was like, it'll work. It'll be great. We got a theme going yeah. on. But I was, I was really aggravated at how much that cost. Yeah. It's really sweet. And like, again, I'm not mad about spending money on my friend's kids. That's not the issue. It's just like, why is like... A linen swaddle, mm-hmm. so expensive. It's literally a square of fabric, yeah, with edges that have been hemmed. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Why is it something that is going to cost me fifty dollars if I want? Like, a, like it's insane to me. Yeah, I don't understand that either. What the books thing? I think ticks me off a lot because it <laughs> creates a classist barrier. To literacy, mm-hmm. which is so frustrating and like antithetical to what I think the born books themselves represent, which is mm-hmm. early access to literacy. So, yes. yeah, that's especially when <laughs> one friend complained, "There's not even conflict in these things. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a different animal on each page." Like. <laughs> Why is it so expensive for this fucking book? Oh my god, that's funny. So I, I, I understand that, and it's very frustrating. Well, and it's hard to. So this is the thing. Like, I have lots of friends here in town who I went to high school with who have kids who are kind of like, not all the same age, but like close enough together. So a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago maybe, we had a fifth birthday for my little buddy James, which is mind-boggling to me. He's going to be in kindergarten in two weeks. Because I remember, of course, when it was, like, around his birthday, it was coming back, like, the memories from, like, five years ago on my my photos, and there was, like, this little, like, five-pound peanut, like, sleeping oh, in my arms. so cute. He's, like, 30 pounds now, so, like, he's very tiny. Um, but it was fun. So his birthday, there were eight kids under the age of eight 
at it. And it's all friends that are all kind of the same age-ish mm-hmm. who have kids sort of in that range. So there was like a six-month-old and then up to a seven-year-old. And what's really neat about like that group of friends, they've all been just sharing stuff. Yeah. So like the people who have the seven-year-old spent the most money because they got a bunch of new stuff. Yeah. But then they either sold it to someone else for as a used thing or just gave it away or like yeah you can have it and use it and give it back and like those kind of things so there is that that's really nice but I often think about like what about people who have babies and they're living somewhere where they don't have a support network yeah it's expensive shit it's really expensive and it's not like and some of the stuff that's really expensive like you need if you have a vehicle you need a good car seat and you need one that's like rated high and you can't like you can't buy used car seats. No. You have to buy new. Like, no. It's regulated. You have to buy new. Like you could if you have one from your last kid or whatever, sure. That's fine. But like you but can't yeah, you can't. Which is totally fair. Hundred percent fair that you can't, but it's so it becomes so expensive. And so then if it's a if it's a matter of like buying a good car seat or a good crib or playpen or whatever, like some kind of safety thing versus like buying books. Well, I understand why your money is going to go to the car seat because that is a thing you absolutely need. Or the box of diapers. Yeah. Or the box of formula or formula or what, like all of those things can be very cost prohibitive for you to, you know, have enough supply comfortably. Mm -hmm. It's, it's insane. It is. And like, I, I mean, and I'm, I don't want to, like, make assumptions, but I feel like you and your husband are probably okay in that respect. <laughs> yes, Megan. <laughs> well, like, knowing what I know, but you know what I mean. Like, I feel like you're okay, right? Like, and you're, you're, you don't have to yeah. think about, can we afford this versus mm-hmm. this? It's like, yeah, we can do that. It's not a problem. And there are lots of people who can't, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 like, I so, like, the, the cost of baby stuff. And the thing is, too, and I understand, again, with not having kids, but having enough kids in my life to kind of know, you don't. I think if you people have parents like had their way, they don't necessarily want their kids to just have hand me down stuff. Absolutely, like they want special things. For yeah, that's just theirs, yeah. and I totally appreciate why that's important and why that's. But there are some people that like all they can handle is use stuff or hand me downs, and that's all they can afford or manage, mm-hmm. and that sucks. It does suck too because, like, even clothing babies so difficult because they grow so fucking fast Mm -hmm. and the range of sizes for the different range of babies bodies is just like humans like it's literally not one size fits all Mm -hmm. one baby can't wear you know a three-month thing that another baby had because they're too small or too big or it doesn't fit like their dimensions like I'm constantly like once a week have to go through Max's clothes and be like okay well this one doesn't fit anymore got it Put it in the box to donate. Like, you have to... But babies are also messy and dirty. Yes. And so you need lots of stuff. Like, that's the other thing. Because you're like, constantly doing laundry. Yeah. You need clean stuff. Yeah. Just like you do. And you have to do laundry for them on a regular basis yeah. with the clothing that fits them right now. Because yeah. you don't want to have, like, three or four weeks worth of that size of stuff. Because there's really no point. No. So you have to, like... It, it's a hard, like, it's a lot of stuff. And it was just, I was, I hadn't really thought about it. Because, again, I don't resent spending money on my friend's kid's birthday. Like, I love it. But when I was looking at that fucking whale floaty, I was like, why is this so goddamn expensive? Because yeah, it's for kids. But the $30 one, I'm sure, is just fine. Just fine. Right? Honestly, just fine. Gonna be great. 
gonna last a while. Yeah. Totally cool. And that was that was that was my only thought because I was like, "Wow, that's a pool we need." But it was just it really bothered me how much like what the discrepancy in price was. Yeah. And it's not like the whale one was like some fancy kids brand of stuff. Like I don't know when we were kids, um, like Fisher Price was like the big thing, mm-hmm. and it was expensive. And I had no new Fisher Price stuff when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had hand me down stuff from cousins and whatever, but I had no new stuff because my parents couldn't afford it. And Fisher Price is like. The cheap stuff now. I know. It's wild. But it was like, it was expensive and it was like the high end stuff when we were kids. And like, if you could afford the new stuff, like yeah. you were doing fine. It was like the barometer, right? And now it's, yeah, it was just really, it really bothered me. And then I like, I bought a bunch of books for Max, which I could, again, so I love buying baby books. Mm-hmm. I think they're super fun. And I like picked stuff that I was like, I feel like Kelsey will like this. Mm-hmm. Like, and there were choices. But when I, with those board books, I was like, why are these so much money? They're just cardboard. They're just cardboard. Yeah. They're just, like, laminated cardboard. Mm Mm-hmm. They're not even indestructible. No. Because I have seen babies absolutely mangle those things. Yeah, once they start chewing on shit, board books are, like, fucking delicious, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, um, yes. With their lead paint pictures. (laughs) 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 But no, it's just one of those things, and then, and then, I don't know. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Apparently we're a baby podcast now. Um, Ugh, my life. But you, this is insight because you have a newborn. And yes. I don't have any other friends. You're, and you're also a first-time mom. I have another friend who has a newborn, but he's like five months old. But she's got two other kids. So her experience with this new baby okay. is like vastly different, right? Because she's done this before. She's got an eight-year-old and a four-year-old. So she's like, eh, this is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny watching her with the third one versus the first two. We went to the park last week when I was in Calgary and she just like dumped him on a blanket on the ground and she's like, I'm going to drink my coffee. You're going to be fine. <laughs> Five months old. Yeah. <laughs> and he just laid there on his back for a while. Just and then he f- like wiggled and looked around. Yeah. And then he flipped over a little bit and uh, kind oh, of man. like on his tummy and then like sort of started rolling a little bit more she's like oh my god fine so she just turned him the other way so that he was on like the long part and he was fine <laughs> like <laughs> but it was really funny watching like the difference you know from her first to her second to her third so my question for you then if we're like in this do you feel pressure to have like certain things or like display certain milestones like is there that pressured like you have this new baby and like are people asking the questions or are you like I'm gonna share this because I'm supposed to like do you know what I mean oh oh I see because I know like people have like the growth charts and like the one month two and I think that's a really cool thing to be like this is the changes and this is what it looks like that's why I do it to like especially in family and friends because I don't know if you've heard there's a global pandemic going on so like (laughs) especially Chris's family who most of them are in BC like haven't ever seen Max aren't gonna see him for who knows how long so I wasn't into that whole like monthly photo thing and then I was I didn't buy it for myself I was gifted it and I was like okay well you know it's coming from a family member who I think would appreciate mm-hmm. seeing it so maybe other family members would too so I like doing that posting a new photo for him every month so that you can share that stuff but also I don't feel pressure to because now that I'm in it and I see there's three or four new moms that I know and it's like the last thing I want to do is be like my baby's reached this milestone hasn't your like Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and like every baby is going to be different and there's a range where they're supposed to meet milestones in and blah 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 like I think being 
going through being pregnant and just like knowing people who have infertility problems around me and like all that stuff you just I think you'd be cautious Mm -hmm. and literally nothing in my life is framed as like I'm perfect Mm-hmm. Here's me, a perfect mom. Blah blah blah. Like, mm-hmm. and my Instagram. I can attest like that to that either. because you're like, want to see some projectile vomit? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sure. Want to see the giant booger my kid just fucking catapulted out of his nose? <laughs> uh, or coming here, I was like, um, I wore the wrong dress, so I need to go in a room because I need to take it off in order to pump. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's good. I have a place. You're fine. <laughs> I'll be gone a half an hour. Like. <laughs> just so it's messy but it's good because it's messy yeah so i no i don't feel that pressure but i know there's certain instagram people that we both follow who are married to nhl players who are very much framing motherhood is like this i will say i will say on that note there's one who it's perfect the other one that i follow oh oh yes not so much, yes. right? And I, But the kids are a little bit older, and so it's like... But even when they were younger, I think it was just like, here's a disaster. Yeah. Right? Cause this the, kid cried for an hour. Yeah, because the two like, older ones are pretty close in age, and then the baby, she's like, I don't know, a year and a bit. And it, and that's just like a very different thing, but yes, the one. I'm always just like, I get it, but also why? She faced the fruit in her fridge forward for a photograph, Megan. I know couldn't fucking believe that. <laughs> I was like, there's a lime that I bought that's legit probably fuzzy in the very front of my pantry door. <laughs> like, it's probably not fuzzy. Oh. If it's dry enough, it just gets hard. That's true. It gets hard as a fucking yeah. rock. But yeah, it's funny because when you see those, like, the, the Instagram, whatever, and that was why I'm asking the yeah. question. Because it's like, you don't have an extremely online presence you spend a lot of time on Instagram, like, <laughs> sharing stuff, but you don't spend the time, like, posting, right? Like, yes. that's not your jam. And so that was my question, right? Because yeah. I know you're posting, like, the monthly shots of... Which I think is important just for... Because, like, my parents had a thing. Yeah. We had, like... I have a book at home that was, like, for the first year of your life. It was supposed to be a picture every month. Yeah. And then after that, a picture every year. It just yeah. is, like... Different milestones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think it might be upstairs. Um, but, like, it was a thing. So this is not a new phenomenon. No. Right? It's just that it's... just it's, more public. And people seem to, like, spend the time staging it to present it rather yes. than just, like, taking the photo. Yes. Totally. Right, because you'll know, like you'll notice sometimes you'll be, you know, it'll be some somebody like mildly famous or whatever, and they're like, "Happy Father's Day" or "Happy Mother's Day," and there's a picture from their childhood that's just like a real life photo. Yes, right, where you've got kids with food all over the face and like pulling on mom's hair or whatever. It's like, thanks for putting up with us. And now you have Aaron, my friend Aaron and I. We we send each other stuff back and forth all the time. We're very mean uh, with like these moms who are all in their, like, early to mid-30s, who have, like, 12 children, and every time, maybe not 12, but, like, 9 or 10, mm-hmm. and every time there's a birthday, they line all the kids up in age order and change the, change the years and blah, 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 and I'm just like, but why? Yeah, I don't understand that. Why we, why, I, but those, those but that, photos. that, I think, is also, like, a celebration of their fertility. Like, yes, it's like, a reflection look of, what I did! Exactly, look what I did, and, like, <laughs> I just, I don't get that. It's hard. I've done it once. Because they're so fucking cute. Now I'm like, shit, should I do this again? 
Thought I was one and done. Oh. <laughs> See, now. that was a question that I wanted to ask, but I was like, it's none of my business, so I'm not going to. Pregnancy fucking sucks, man. I, but like, that's what I've heard. It's worth it in the end, I guess. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Well, just imagine tonight. Well, maybe, I don't know if he'll be awake when you get home tonight, but imagine it'll be nice to see your baby and he'll be excited to see you. Yeah. Do his little bagels. Yeah, exactly. But no, it's just been, it's interesting because like of all of my friends who've had kids, most of my friends have been pretty honest about like what it's like. I went to Fort Edmonton a couple weeks ago with some friends and we were talking about what movies to watch in the theaters. Like the other two girls were like, should we go see Fast 9 in the theater or Black Widow? And I was like, I saw them both. And yeah. they were just like, uh. And I was like, this is what happens when you don't have kids and you have nobody waiting for you at home. Yeah. You can literally do anything you want. Movie at 10 o'clock at night? Okay. Go Movie to a friend's- at 10 in the morning? Yeah. Okay. Go to a friend's house and come home at 4? No problem. Yeah, like, totally. there's no issues there. And they were kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, but you guys have got pretty good things going on too, right? It's just a different kind of whatever. But they were like, oh god, I'm so jealous. I'm like, well... We I make, know. We all make choices. I wanted to see both In the Heights and Black Widow in theaters, and I only got to go to one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Although, have you seen Cineplex has a new, like, membership thing? Yes. Where it's 10 bucks a month? Yes. Holy shit, that seems extremely worth it. That's like the old AMC passes in the States, where you could buy, like, yes. an AMC. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Major Even- discount. And you still collect the scene points. That's what I couldn't believe. Even if you, even if it was like 10 bucks a month and you had to pay like a premium if you wanted to like, you know, whatever, I'd be like, okay. Sure. I'll pay the extra $7 instead of paying $18 or whatever. For sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm waiting for them to reinstate those like stars and strollers things. Mm -hmm. Because like Max is cool enough where he's not going to fucking freak out. Mm -hmm. Or he's not like running around or whatever. I'd Mm -hmm. love to like just go to movies during the day with him. Yeah, because when they were, like, the ones here would be at, like, 1 o'clock, usually on a yeah. Tuesday or whatever. But and it'll be a new release. And new release, quiet. a little bit quieter, and the house lights are up a bit, so yeah. that if you have kids, like, you know, and also, this is the thing, too. If you're going into one of those, I went with a friend once, because she had three kids and whatever, and I was like, yeah, I'll come, I don't care. And it was good, because she had three children. Uh, and she said to me after the fact, she's like, didn't it bother you? And I was like, well, no, I came to this knowing that there was going to be some chaos. Yeah. When I go to a movie at 8.30 at night, I am not expecting a three-year-old no. in the theater to be running around and then crying about stuff. Like, that's not what I'm it's here for. It's not the space for it, yeah. But at one o'clock, when it's a Stars and Strollers screening, how can I get mad about kids making noise? Totally. That's insane. And, like, we're here to see a bug's life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right? And so, yeah, it was. I remember that, and that was it was fun, and it was a good deal. Like, it's a good idea. Yeah. I think. Totally. Because it caters to a very a particular group of people. But it also allows, like, you don't have to wait six months to see the movie, because it's like, oh, you can see this new release now. Yes. And, like, there's a group that's, A, fucking bored, mm-hmm. and looking for something to do that mm-hmm. they can take their baby to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And if it's, like, weather like this, it's not as bad today as I thought it was going to be, but if it's, like, super hot out and you have the option to, like, go spend... Two, time two and a half hours in an air-conditioned space if you don't have it or, you know, a different totally. air-conditioned space than your house or whatever. That's not, not a bad thing. No. Nope. Something to do. Somewhere to be. But yeah, like, I and I also think, though, like, generally speaking, matinee movies, you can get away with taking babies into because they're usually pretty quiet. Yeah.
fine. Oh, yeah. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> there's no reason for it to do that, because I've deleted, like, everything off of this computer that could be possibly slowing it down. I still edit photos on it, but, like, I'll upload the photos, go through, edit them, and then Take put them on my hard drive. I feel like it's an audacity itself issue. The audacity of audacity. <laughs> you know what? It very well could be. Because I use audacity upstairs when I do the Oilers Rig podcast, and it's better, but every once in a while there's still. And I'm like, why? I don't understand. I don't know. But anyway. Um, we have a question from... You have one from Malcolm? Yeah, I gotta find it. And I have one from Mike. And it's not like a question from Mike that's gonna like... So it doesn't have to be last? Make you cry. No, no, no. It's nothing like that. There's two questions. Maybe three? Hang on. I've got one that I think is going to explode you in the middle. Uh-oh. I don't like that idea. Um, okay, what did I say? Send us your best questions. Where did it go? Um, I liked that question. Hang on. Maybe he deleted it. Twitter. Nope. Twitter changes its font and people are losing their minds. I quite like it, actually. Of all the things to fix about Twitter, that's what they did? Yes. They changed the... To what? It's a little bit less rounded, a little bit... The letters are a little bit skinnier. I quite like it, actually. I think it's a little bit cleaner. Yeah. But also, like... Yeah. Uh, so the question is, why is it they have have to have worked for an NHL team in order to even mildly criticize the Oilers? But when it comes to doctors, nurses, teachers, any old mouth breather feels entitled to weigh in. Oh, well, I feel like it's a failing of our education system as a society, Megan. Is that the answer you wanted? Like? Um, I think. <laughs> Well, I'm going to take offense to that. No, um, no, I think it's a function of presumed expertise. Yes. Um, which is interesting, though, because I get the doctors, like, here's the thing. No, it's the difference between opinion and expertise. Yes, because everyone's been to school. Yes. So everyone has this, like, this assumption that they know how school works. Mm-hmm. Sure, maybe you do. I've also been to the doctor. I would never pretend that I know how to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you know. For example, you, when I visited you, or before I came to see you, you were telling me about this, your wrist that you sprained. Mm-hmm. And then you found out that it wasn't a sprained wrist and is like a very common, like, postpartum condition. But you're like, but it felt like a sprained wrist, ultimately. Yeah. Right? That's exactly like a sprained wrist. And so that's what you said, that you would hurt yourself. And I was like, oh, okay. And then you told me what it was. It's like, oh, interesting. Yeah. But, like, I would never have been like, oh, yeah, I probably is. You know what I mean? Like, because that's not my... But also, if, like, my husband examined me and he was like, it's decorbing. So now I was like, no, it's sprained. Like, I'm not the expert here. <laughs> I'm going to get a second opinion. <laughs> like, and a third opinion. Yeah. From a, someone who's not a doctor. Yeah, I don't Yeah, know. it's a very weird thing. The other thing that Mike had to say was, fold the Chicago Blackhawks. He's like, it's not a question. I just think that's yes. what they should do. They've had a lot of shit happen. Agreed. So yes, fold the Chicago Blackhawks. They oh, deserve it. I can't believe that the Golden Knights got rid of Flurry. Yeah. That shocked me to my very core. It was a little bit surprising, yeah. Yeah, considering mm-hmm. like the success that they've had. And mm-hmm. I understand that consistency may be something of a concern, but he's still like one of the best goalies in the league regardless. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
Yeah, it was, um, yeah, that was a little bit surprising. There was, there was some, like, bitterness going on there. Uh, I didn't really, I don't know. This offseason has been an absolute nightmare. Um, (laughs) just, like, all of the things going on. I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. I just, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't keep up. So, I'll be pleasantly surprised when I tune in for a Seattle game. And I'm like, really? They're on the team. Good for them. Jordan Everly is, is there. I do know that. And I think Adam Larson. Is that correct? Yeah, that was like a whole thing going on. People were very upset because prior about a week prior, because oh, they wanted Nurse to go. Well, <laughs> the week prior, uh, tell me there's not a race problem in the NHL. Uh, Bob Bob Stoffer on his Oilers Now show, which I don't know why anyone still listens to, but anyway, uh, I only know what he says because I read people like tweet about it. Oh. I refuse to listen to it. I listened to it one time when I had a student teacher. I was at school and I was bored and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to listen to this. And he had Mark Spector on and I listened to it like four seconds. I was like, nope. Um, anyway, he had mentioned that the Oilers and Larson were close to an extension or a new contract or whatever because he was UFA. So close to a new contract. And then like a week later, I was like, Adam Larson to sign in Seattle. And I was like, interesting. Really? I wonder what happened. Yeah, it was very fascinating. How close were they? Well, maybe Bob was lying. But usually, and maybe he's had a little bit of a disconnect from, like, the team. Because before, when the trade happened and whatever, you could listen to what he had to say and know that that's what was coming. Because mm-hmm. he had talked about Larson prior to the trade happening, and he had talked about Lucic coming in, and, you know, he would be a good fit, and blah, 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 and, you know, whatever. And then those things happened. And so, like, there was definitely someone that was feeding him information, and maybe he's not getting fed the same information. But it was, like, a whole big thing, and people were very upset um, that Larson that the others weren't able to come to an agreement with Larson. I think there's a bunch of reasons. Uh, his dad passed away here uh, three years ago, I think. His mom hasn't been back here to see him since, for obvious reasons. Um, Clefbaum may or may, never, may or may not ever play again, and they're really good buddies. And so, like, there's a bunch of stuff. And so maybe a fresh start. A fresh start. And so people, of course, here are like, oh, it's such a, like, he, it was such a low ask and blah, 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 blah. How come the others couldn't pay him that? Like, they offered him more money, I would imagine. And he wanted to go. Mm-hmm. The Oilers also traded Ethan Bear. People were very upset about that, and I have it on relatively good authority that he wanted out because Oilers fans fucking suck. Yeah. No offense to those of you that listen, but you know who I'm talking about. Um, and he wanted out. The racist ones. Yes. <laughs> um, but you know, like, yeah, but understandable. He, of course. Go where anywhere where you're not going to be such a huge target for criticism. Well, and also, unfortunately for him. He was in a position to be, like, a community role model. And I don't think that was fair to him. No. I don't know that he necessarily minded it, but that was a lot on his shoulders and to take on that role. And it's not his responsibility. No. Like, it's not the responsibility of people of no. color to shoulder that. No. It's awful. No. And so, there's, you know, but it's been fun watching, like, the meltdowns happen on the internet, so... By the internet, I just mean Twitter. But, you know, it's been fun watching people, like, lose their minds. Because uh, Librarian Mike and I, we talk a lot about how nice it'll be when terrible things happen. <laughs> Mostly. Burn it down. Super fun. Yeah. And then we'll just send gifts of uh, the Flaming Elmo back and forth. And we know that the others have done something terrible that everyone's going to hate. And I'm just like, yeah, let's get it in my veins. It's great. Anyway. Are you ready for your question? Uh, I don't know. Am I? What do you think is the eastern border of Europe... The eastern border of Europe? Mm-hmm. Like, conventionally, it's the Ural Mountains. That's sort of the conventional sure. assumption, right? Because there is 
a continental divide somewhere that like divides Asia and Europe and like we don't think about say the Middle East as being part of Asia but it definitely is mm -hmm. however the problem with that is that like the stuff on that coast of the Mediterranean if you really pull it down if you really pull it down that's a tough like that's tough because like are we making assumptions on the border then based on like ethnicity and like skin color and culture because I kind of think we are I think that's totally which is why parts, parts of like the former Soviet Union that are like predominantly inside yes and they're not and because they're not. of they're predominantly Muslim or yeah. whatever yeah absolutely that's a tough question I know I like convention and I understand why like originally the Euro Mountains make sense because it's like a it's a barrier yeah right and it's like it's a physical it's a it's an separation. object in the way and yes. that totally makes sense that's a tough question. But when you think about Russians, do you consider them Asians? No, you consider them Europeans because we don't think about Russians as being anybody other than like the white ethnic, yes. like ethnically Slavic people. Yes. Right. We don't think about the people that live in Siberia and the people that are like on like the, the South East Georgian Coast, Kazakhstan, yeah, or like the East the Coast East, and like yes. Vladivostok and places yes. like that. Because when you look at photographs uh, of people from that part of Russia. There are very common uh, things in common with like uh, the Inuit in North America, and also people in like Mongolia. Yes. And it's a very it, like Russia is a Russia is a fascinating place in a lot of ways. But no, we don't think of those people as like ethnic Russian. No, we should, but we don't. Mm -hmm. And so we have that like Ural We've Mountain. Got, like Saints, <laughs> Ural Mountains, and then <laughs> Sharp Right. Yeah. <laughs> St. Petersburg, Moscow, pull it sharp left, and then... So, I would I would say that, like, I feel like places where... It's a hard question. I f I'm trying to think of the best way to, like... I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this. It doesn't get me, like, having to defend a lot of things. Like, it's I another question, like, is Egypt in the Middle East? No. Some people will say it's this. It's in Africa. I taught an Egyptian kid a number of years ago who was absolutely adamant that Egypt was not in Africa. And I was like, I'm sorry, dude. It is. It's like, well, it's in the Middle East. I'm like, okay, but it's also continentally yeah. part of Africa. But that's the a Middle cultural, East is a region. religious... Yeah, like, the Middle East is a region. It's not... Yeah. There's not a... But it's interesting, because I just... I'm just I'm just curious. I just pulled up, like, the map of, yeah. of Europe here. That's tough because where the Ural Mountains sort of makes that divide, you have large swaths of like the Middle East that are west of that divide. Yeah. Uh, and should be, I guess, like Turkey. The European part of Turkey is on the west side of the, of the Dardanelles, and then all of the rest of Turkey is technically Asia. Yeah. And I think it's in Asia because it used to be known as Asia Minor. Yes. I think that's where that comes from. But like. But it's also very much like the gateway. Mm -hmm. East and West, right? Yes. For a lot of That's tough. just, you know, trade and transit of people. Because, yeah, if we're looking if we're looking at where that boundary sort of exists, yeah, there's a lot of parts of Asia that should be European. Mm -hmm. Europe is a bunch of, full of a bunch of races. That's my determination. Also, do you consider Iceland to be European? I mean, technically, yeah, I think so. But why? I don't know. <laughs> it's not North American, right? Like, it's off on its own, so if it has to have, like, a continental affiliation, it makes sense that it's Europe, because it's a little bit closer. Like, 
that's sort of it. Fucking marginally. No, <laughs> like, it's in terms of oceanic distance. Yeah, it's way closer to like Scotland than it is to anything yeah. else. It's the closest to Greenland, which is of course part of Denmark. So yeah, it's Europe in that sort of respect. Did you know, fun fact, that Iceland, no, Greenland, is northeast, south, and west of Iceland? I did know that. That's a fascinating statistic. I think that's crazy. Because it makes it sound like Iceland is, like, in the middle of Greenland, but it's not. It's no. just Greenland is so large. And that's, it's like, like, how the Mercator projection has just, like, fucked us. Yes. and like we don't understand the actual positioning yeah. of things. Because, yeah, the northern, like, peninsula in Greenland is further east than Iceland. And yeah. then, of course, yeah, and then it stretches further south than Iceland's latitude. It's an interesting thing, though. It's an interesting question, because there's also that, like, North and South America business, where does Central America belong? Mm-hmm. Is is everything down to Panama part of North America? Or should it be its own thing? Mm-hmm. Also, a lot of people who aren't in North America call America... Or call North America America. And I never, ever would do that in my brain. Mm-hmm. I would divide each of the countries out. Yes, I agree. Um, yeah, no, that's a really interesting question. I think it also speaks a lot to the fact that most of the projections that we have on our maps... Fucking south. Well, no, but they're, like, they're not just Eurocentric, but they're, like, England-centric, right? Because yes. that's where, that's where they've come from. Because, yeah, I'm just, like, I, I looked up on my Google Maps the Euro Mountains, and, like, What's they... What's the eastern border of... So there's the Euro Mountains. Way kind of, farther east than you think they well, are. Well, basically, if you were to draw a straight line, it would take most of Saudi Arabia. Yes. It would be west of that. Yeah. But Saudi Arabia is definitely in Asia. Yeah. Because the Middle East is not a continent. That's a tough one. It's a real, it's, it is a very um, old-timey projection, and it's a very uh, culturally and racially and ethnically biased projection. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. And Ooh. politically biased, right? Very yeah. much so. Well, it's the no different than, like, talking about, like, Oceania. Mm-hmm. And people still call it, like, like, when we were kids, it was Australia. Mm-hmm. That was the continent. Like, you know, we didn't really, and now there's a name for it. But it's really interesting, too, because, like, down there, you have some of the same issues of, like, delineation. Like, where does this, because if you start looking at, like, Marine law and coastal laws and things like that. Like, where does the territory end and begin and whatever? Or even just, like, like, the difference between Polynesia and Australia. Yeah. Like, that's a loaded question, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. Ah, yeah. Oof. I don't know. No, New Zealand's never on any fucking maps. (laughs) (laughs) I did find a map that had New Zealand in the middle. It was, like, upside down New Zealand in the middle at the top. And I was like, yeah, there it is. It's good. It's a good one to have. But, yeah, no, it's weird. And then, like, even... Even in North America, when we start talking, because like the pr- the projection on the map that we look at is so wrong. Yeah. Because Canada is gigantic and the U.S. is really small, mm-hmm. and it's not quite that big of a difference. And like Alaska is gigantic, and I don't think Americans realize how big Alaska is because mm-hmm. they think about like Texas is the biggest state, and I'm like, yeah, Alaska is like literally half of the continental U.S. Like it is ginormous. When well, all of their maps, they just have the. <laughs> on contiguous countries mm-hmm. in a little box mm-hmm. next to the map that aren't to scale. Well, and, like, Hawaii is so far from the mainland. So It's so far south. Yeah. It's so far west. And it doesn't, like, it's, yeah, you don't really think about it. Because it is in line with, like, the southern tip of the Baja Peninsula, basically, sure is. is where the big island is. Um, God, it's so far away. 
Maps are so stupid. They really are. Maps and time. Ugh. <laughs> Don't Dude. bring up the T word with me, Megan. Two things that Kelsey hates an awful lot. And, like, people also underestimate, like, the size of Arctic islands and stuff as well. Or just the ocean. Like, especially Pacific Ocean. Yeah. It's gigantic. The Atlantic is, like, real small in comparison. The Pacific is huge. And, like, what is the... What is it? Like, the landmass is only about 21% of the Earth's surface and the rest is water. Mm-hmm. And that's why the ocean is a place we should not explore. Because there is shit down there that we have never seen and we don't want to know what it does. This is some kaiju shit, right? No, no, no. They're, I'm just... I they're, Like, the probability of there being creatures that we do not know exist in Extremely the high. ocean is Extremely. so high that I don't want to find out what they are. You know? Because... Because the deep sea is terrifying. Yeah, it, I agree with that. The deep sea is so scary, I but, can't. But, considering how many large body whales there are, mm-hmm. I think we can be confident that there's nothing bigger than that. That's true, but it doesn't mean there aren't things that are grosser <laughs> and scarier. I hate it when they there'll be those photos that go viral of those fucking parrotfish that come up and they've got teeth. They've got human goddess denture teeth. Ugh. Have you seen the I don't know if it's like some kind of an eel or whatever that has like the no it's a fish man, I don't know, but it's got like a jaw and then it's got like an inside jaw. How Lamp why eyes, I think, why right? the fuck? I know, fish are disgusting. Also, I mean it's the same reason, like why do goose have teeth on their tongues? So like I get it, but it's just a weird thing. Excuse me. Or, uh, they have like a, I mean, it's on their tongues. It might be on like the inside of the palate. They have like a second row of teeth. So when you get bit by a goose, it hurts like a motherfucker. Ugh. But like, the ocean is scary. It is scary. So like, maybe the place to be is the middle of Siberia, where you're very far away. Oh, from I the thought ocean you were going to say the moon. Yeah. Take me to the moon. No, because those <laughs> fucking billionaires are going to go there one of these days. I don't want to be any- anywhere in there. Siberia. Let's go. Like the places in Siberia where people didn't know that the war had ended for like 35 years. That's where I want to be. Like I feel like you could be away from a lot of things. There'd just be bears. Well, also in the Tomorrow War, that's where the aliens landed. Nobody fucking knew because it was in Siberia. Interesting. So. Interesting. Might be a little too isolated up there. Oh, that means like, oh, okay, fair enough. Fair There's enough. also really bad fires there that are covering the North Pole right now with smoke for the first time in recorded history. So, so okay. What, what year are we in? 2021? Yep. So by 2030, we're all going to be dead. Is that what you're saying? Super. On that note, <laughs> let's end this. Say <laughs> um, well, it was very fun to do this in person. It was good. Uh, and it means I don't have to splice together the audio, yeah, which is totally. excellent. Um, well, thanks for listening. You can find our things on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and whatever the Google one is, if there is one. The Instagram is the most happening place for our <laughs> Yeah, content. occasionally I tweet things sometimes when I remember. <laughs> um, you can email us. We have a website. I don't know. I think we still have a website. I'm Honestly, at this point, I'm afraid and ashamed to look at how behind <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, and uh, we'll we're gonna we'll try and get back on like a monthly-ish schedule or whatever, whatever works. Now that school's starting again in a couple weeks, we'll see what happens. Yeah, goodness gracious. I'm gonna be in Calgary though for like a couple things over the next six weeks, so maybe we can figure something out. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, as always, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in the dumpster. All right. Holy shit, man.